Welcome to the first episode, episode number one of the Lucid Spiritual Podcast. I'm your host, Britton Beckham, and I'm very excited to talk to you today. So let's get started. Why the name Lucid Spiritual? Well, really, I feel like in religion that spirituality is veiled. It's veiled under some sort of um, action that you must do externally to be spiritual. And so real spirituality is really lost or kind of hidden in religions, um, kind of do's and don'ts and the actions and kind of ordinances and, and sort of rituals that we do. And so as I kind of discovered through my own path of leaving my religion and moving into true spirituality, I I became passionate about sharing this message. So the name uh, Lucid Spirituals, the idea here is to, to make something that is veiled and hidden more see-through and more transparent. And I think that's a fitting name. So why am I doing this? Well, I, I, I really feel strongly about um, what's happened to me in my life. Over the last several years, probably the last five or ten years actually, I've seen a lot of friends leave um, the church that I was a part of, the LDS church or the Mormon church. And when these, these friends of mine left and we'd see them leave in, in droves, um, I always thought I wouldn't be the one that would leave. I, I kind of just thought, well, they're, they're just, just not strong in their faith. And um, a lot of the time when I'd see these people leave, they they kind of leave everything behind, um, not just uh, leaving the religion, but leaving all of their belief systems, their um, their belief in God, say, or a belief in a higher power, or, or that, uh, you know, we have an existence outside of this, this uh, physical world. So ultimately, people would kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater and when I finally truly exercised my faith and leaving my religion, which kind of sounds contradictory in terms, but it was actually a true exercise of faith, um, it changed my life so dramatically and so um, impactfully, and it was so beautiful that I really want to share this. So that's why I'm, I'm doing this. And I got to give credit to my friend Talon. A year ago, she said to me and my wife that... Uh, you know, that we should do a podcast because she watched us leave um, our church and kind of move into a spiritual um, lifestyle, but without religion. And that really impressed her. And she said, you really need to do a podcast and share this with the world. And at the time I was like, uh-huh, yeah, I was very not interested in that. But um, I think she planted a seed and it kind of worked in me over the next several months. And a few months ago, I started getting the aches to maybe do this and the courage. And finally, here I am. And things have just fallen into place to make it work. So here I am sharing this uh, this podcast with you. So what is this podcast going to be about? Well, this podcast is going to cover a lot of things. And I, I really want to talk about spirituality as the main core topic Um but let's, before I get into the core of what I want to share in the podcast, I want to share a little bit about religion and spirituality and kind of contrast them and explain to you kind of what I've understood in, in the differences of the two. Because um, those that are in religion that are kind of seeking to leave it or just questioning it and just not sure what step to take, they're not really sure about the difference between spirituality and religion. Um, when it's given to you, in religion, it's packaged in a way that you you are no longer spiritual. You're no longer in touch with God if you're not performing so the ordinances and sort of the expectations that the religion puts on you, those dogmas and cultural pressures. And so my goal is to take um, religion and, and separate it from spirituality or kind of the other way around, to take spirituality and separate it from religion and show you that 
they're, they're not even close to the same thing at all. Um, so yeah, religion has a lot of dogmas and cultural pressures that, that kind of push upon you. Um, you know, I, I again, I said, I, I was a member of the LDS faith, the Mormon church. And in that church, there's a lot of cultural expectations that you grow up with when you're eight years old, you're, you're baptized. It's kind of like not really a choice even. I mean, you, you get a choice, but there's so much expectation. You'll just do it. They just give you a date to your parents and, and kind of expect that you'll be baptized. There's no real true preparation for an eight-year-old to, to get baptized. There's also um, an expectation that a young man or woman, typically a young man, will serve a mission when he turns 18. Um, a lot of women do it in the church now, and it's, it's a great thing, but there's so much pressure to do it that people actually will... Um, kind of lie to their uh, ecclesiastical leaders to go on a mission because you have to kind of meet some standard to do so. And so if you haven't been living that standard, you'll lie to your ecclesiastical leader just so you can go on your mission because you wouldn't want to um, disappoint family and friends and and feel ashamed, essentially. There's also um, a huge cultural pressure to get married inside one of the LDS temples um, because a, a special like ceremony happens there. And that ceremony is supposed to like seal your family for eternity. And you, you wouldn't want to not have that happen, right? So got to get married in the temple. And again, many people will lie to their ecclesiastical leaders to meet this expectation. There's also lots of little things like having a calling and um, different assignments to, to, to teach and preach and talk to people in your congregation. Um, and so there's just, there's just so many things that you could do uh, wrong, if you will. Like if you just didn't do it just the way it was expected, you're just not performing and you're not really, um, you're subpar, if you will. And a lot of that comes from internal, internally, not necessarily people saying that to you, but you just feel it inside. And so that is something I didn't really understand very much when I was in the thick of it. And I just thought, you know, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't a a good enough person that God would really um, uh, bless me in all, all the ways of my life. Like I just always thought I was trying to earn his love and earn the love of, of God's blessing in me, in, in my life. So that that's something that I felt like uh, really affected me. And I know it affects a lot of people in the LDS church. What else is wrong, I, I think, with religion is that it tries to prepackage concepts of spirituality. And there's kind of three major problems to this approach. Um, so the first problem of this prepackaging of spiritual concepts is that you're a hundred percent of a unique person. And this means that somebody that takes a, a spiritual concept or a spiritual truth and tries to feed it to you as a common denominator sort of thing, it just may not always vibrate correctly or jive with you, or it may not resonate with who you are as a core person. And so the, the, the religion attempts to prepackage these things in a way that's useful for everybody, but it ends up being really unuseful for almost everybody. The other, another problem or second problem is that religion tends to limit the truth that it can share because these packaged concepts of spirituality, quote unquote, are having to be modified so that everyone can consume it. You know, everybody needs to take, um, things at their own pace and at their own rate. But when you develop a religion in an organization that tries to teach you this quote-unquote path to God, um, they have to feed it to you in a specific way so that it can fit with everybody. 
And you may be way ahead of other people or you may be behind other people as far as what truths you're ready to, to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you get a limited amount of truth because a lot of it has to just be essentially edited out. Um, one of the things I, I like is I recently saw a fish meme um, and it showed like this bowl and this little fishy in it and it was inside the ocean and inside the bowl, the fishy that was in it was kind of looking out into the ocean and there was another little fishy kind of like next to the bowl on the outside in the ocean looking in and both fishies were looking at each other and there's like two arrows on on this meme and one of them's pointing to the fish in in the ocean and, and it says spirituality and the other one's pointing to the fish in the bowl and it says religion and i i really truly believe that's a really good meme for for what i'm trying to convey because like um spirituality is like embodies everything in life but religion attempts to limit it and kind of confine it to certain aspects and performances the third issue with uh, th- this prepackaged concepts of spirituality is that you have to put your trust in someone else, and this is this is kind of a problem because ultimately you are your own um, unique individual, and your uh, your identity is special and unique and individual, and for you to have to take that special identity that you have and that uniqueness about yourself and sort of box it into this concept of who you should be. This is uh, known as a term called identity foreclosure. And so you end up kind of foreclosing on who you really are to be someone that you're really not. And, and so trusting in someone else uh, just doesn't allow you to always be yourself. Um, trusting in someone else also kind of forces you to um, live up to sp- specific expectations that someone else has for you. That someone else might be your parents. It might be your uh, ecclesiastical leaders. It might be uh, a quote-unquote prophet. It might be uh, your friends even. But you're always kind of trusting in another person to tell you what the next move is. And instead of kind of um, having that faith in your own self about what's right and what's wrong and what you should be doing. Um, ultimately, this will lead to um, a lot of judgment about self, as you can imagine. And you actually cannot not judge other people if you're judging yourself. Whatever you place upon yourself is what you do on externally. So everything imp- applied internally also gets applied externally. And some of you may say, well, no, 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 uh, Britain, I don't, I don't actually uh, judge other people. I just, I just have expectations for myself. I have a standard for myself. And I, I won't, you know, I don't apply that to other people. The truth of the matter is you may actually be doing that unconsciously, but you are doing it. It, it, it just has to happen. It's just how it works, uh, the universe works, and how our minds work. Um, and ultimately, this is going to lead us to jealousy and pride. And that jealousy and pride is going to happen because we look out from the fishbowl and we see the other fish f- f- swimming around in the ocean of spirituality and we say, they're not happy. How could they be happy? You know, they're not doing what I'm I'm in the bowl. And you don't even see that you're in the bowl. You're just in this space. And you, you you get jealous and prideful about other people and the way they live their life. And and so it's actually it really negatively affects your spirit. Um, so my goal is to actually uh, kind of show you spirituality in a, in a completely different light for those that have been in religion their whole life and kind of been par- um, boxed into a specific paradigm. I want to talk to people that are kind of questioning their 
place in the church, their place in religion, whether that's in the Mormon church or Christianity in general or, or anything. And, and it's not to, to get you to disbelieve in anything in particular. It's really just to, to get you to open up your mind to more truth. That's, that's really it. Um, I, when I left my religion, I didn't, I certainly didn't dump a lot of my belief systems and it was really hard at first because I was like, how do I reconcile all this together? How do I, how do I still love the scriptures, but disbelieve in a, in a, in a modern prophet? How do I still believe that Jesus came to earth, but, um, not believe that he's got commandments for me that I must follow in order to get his love. How do I, you know, how do I do these things? How do I rip apart cultural um, concepts away from actual doctrinal concepts, um, true doctrinal concepts? And how do I, um, how do I reconcile the differences? So this was a very difficult task for me. And I spent a lot of time losing my mind doing it, but I've realized um, how easy it is actually to do this when you just allow yourself to, to be you. And so um, um, this is about finding your own sort of dharma and walking your own path. And dharma is, is this where they use in the East. It kind of just means it's like your, your spiritual philosophy. So I want to take the next couple of minutes and just talk about how I perceive or how I would define spirituality. And we're going to contrast it against what it is and what it is not. And I think that's a really good way to kind of talk about spirituality in a general sense. So, um, yeah, a lot of people think spirituality is um, this idea of, of living a tradition that's laid out for you. In, in other words, a religion. So, you know, you're born into a, a church or a faith, and you, you follow that faith, and you say your prayers, and you read your scriptures, and you um, kind of do the things that you're told. And when you do those things, you align up with what, what those expectations are for you. And so you're kind of rewarded um, hey, you're a good person, you're so great, and blah, blah, blah. You may feel spiritual, um, but spirituality has nothing to do with performing external sort of actions. And so living a tradition that's been laid out for you is not spirituality. It's actually living your own truth. It's actually finding your own path in life and like why you came down here. Your, your life has been uh, has had a lot of planning and understanding and kind of review before you came here. And you, you actually knew about a lot of the experiences you would undergo by design because you knew what lessons you needed to, to, to essentially learn. And for you to not follow that inner voice and that inner path um, that, that will guide you on your journey here is a huge disservice to yourself, um, um, just an enormous disservice to yourself. And it's something I did for 37 years of my life. Now, that isn't to say that I um, wasn't always not listening to that inner voice, but most of the time it was clouded by all the chatter of my, the expectations that were being told to me. Okay, so spirituality is, is also not succumbing to cultural expectations. In the LDS church, there's so many expectations to live your life in a certain way. I've kind of enumerated them earlier, but um, you know, serving a mission, getting married in the temple, having a calling, paying your tithing— um, holding the temple recommend, um, attending church all the time. And, and this is like these expectations essentially put a, a box on the way that you can live your life. And that's not spirituality. Spirituality is total freedom, total freedom of thought and expression and of being. In the Bible, in 2 Corinthians, it says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if you're constantly having to... Uh, limit your ability to experience life, you're not being a spiritual person. You're simply just 
um, resisting and um, abstaining from things that, well, really could give you experience and teach you something. Spirituality is not being obedient. Now, this one's going to be, this one's interesting because the scriptures and uh, religion is just full of things that you need to do or else. And there's always this consequence with it. Oh, well, oh, if you don't do it, it's going to be uh, fire and brimstone. And, you know, if you, if you don't do this, you're not worthy enough to hold a temple recommend. And, you know, so all these things that you kind of have to do and be obedient to. But yet real spirituality is experiencing everything you want to experience without limits. God is limitless and we are like God. So why wouldn't we also be limitless? Of course, there's consequences and those follow us around. But but we have the ability to kind of move past some of our bad mistakes um, using God's unconditional love and reuniting or reconnecting um, with him through what is called in, in the Bible and in, in the LDS church, the atonement or the at-one-ment with God. But true spirituality has no limits on your experience. One other thing that spirituality is not is additional limited knowledge or limited revelation or limited living. When we look at spirituality, it's really actually about the infiniteness of God. God is um, God is infinite. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. So there's no limits to who God is. And, and as soon as you put a limit on the concept of God, and I use that term, I use that term loosely. I, I'm not using that term in the sense of what a religion might paint God as, like this, this guy with a beard sitting on a throne or, or living on a planet um, that kind of just uh, knows everything that's going on or just knows us so well that he can predict the future. Like that's, that's definitely not um, what I'm talking about here. I, I could use the word, I could use the term the universe. I could use the term higher self. I could use the term, um, you know, infinite energy. God, God is all things, right? He's, and, and it's not a he either. It's, it's just God. So God is infinite and God is love. So if God is infinite and, and God is love, then there's no conditions upon love. And therefore, there's no limit to God. So again, if you're limiting yourself, thinking that you're being spiritual, all you're doing is is kind of cutting out uh, additional learning lessons and experiences in life that could actually make you happy. Lastly, God is not about separation. So spirituality is not this concept of separation where where we're um, you know always against or pitted against someone or something. For example, the us versus them mentality. Um, you the wicked versus righteous, the sinful versus obedient, in politics, left versus right versus whatever party. There's so many concepts of separation that exist in the world, and religion literally just feeds that. It feeds it really, really hard. Now, it kind of does it under this mask of, well, just everybody needs to just convert, and then it's going to be great, you know, and we can all be the same. But we all know that that's not ever going to happen. But what is going to happen is people can come together and choose to love each other given our differences. And we're always going to have them because we're unique individuals. So you can still come together with somebody and have a, a large difference in, in how you perceive something and still love them and have literally no, no ought against your brother. So spirituality is this concept of unity and oneness and acceptance and love of, of all things, including yourself, which again is, is really almost shamed in religion because uh, when you when you talk about self, you're you're kind of like pride. It, it, you're bringing in this concept of pride and uh, self pride and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, loving yourself is like 
like not really talked about. It's not necessarily like shunned, but it's it's not talked about. And so um, when we love ourselves, we're actually loving God because God was is within us. Again, from the Bible, know ye not ye are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. You see, God is within us. And if we can um, love us, then we only love him. And as we love ourselves and, and we love God, the 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 brilliance and the intelligence and the unconditional love of God in the universe will shape our lives. And that's where we connect with him. So one, one last thing I, I believe and I love about this concept between separation and unity and oneness is that there's no path here that doesn't lead you back to where you're going. And so we're all on this path of kind of reuniting with, with the source, with, with our, with our home or with God, with, with uh, Jesus, if you want to call it that. So this road, if you will, that takes us back home has a lot of different pathways and a funny kind of thing. I, and I, I look back at my life and I find how God has humor in teaching me. One of the things is that, that I was taught was when I was on my mission in Australia, I was actually called to, to preach um, the gospel to um, the Vietnamese people in Australia and if anybody knows uh, Vietnam or Vietnamese people, they um, they have kind of like two major traditions. They they really are either Catholic or Buddhist. And in the, the Buddhist tradition, there's kind of this saying that all paths lead to the top of the mountain. And I would always tell them, no, 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 no. It's just it's just the one path. Like there's just one path. And it's just funny now looking back on that, how like like God was actually teaching me on my mission. And like, I was just not hearing it. <laughs> so there's no, there's no way you can't get to where you're going. Your unique path um, that you, that you follow is totally up to you. And, and so uh, don't get, don't get ashamed of what you feel like you want to do in life or what you should or shouldn't do. Don't get ashamed at like the way you might feel like you're being judged by family, friends, or relatives or whatever. Your path is beautiful and it's fine. And, and uh, you don't need to be ashamed of following it. So there's, there's a teaching in the Mormon church, actually, from the book called The Doctrine and Covenants, and it says this. This is in section 93. It says, Man was also in the beginning with God. Intelligence, or the light of truth, was not created or made, neither indeed can be. And all truth is independent in that sphere in which, it, in which God had placed it, to act for itself as all intelligence also. Otherwise, there is no existence. Behold, here is the agency of man, and here is the condemnation of man. Because that which was from the beginning is plainly manifest unto them, and they receive not the light. So you are actually made up of truth and light, as this scripture says here. And you're also independent to act for yourself in that sphere in which you've been placed. And so you you are, in that sense, your own truth. And that means your uniqueness combined with your your truth that makes you up, the light and truth that makes you up means that you have your own path. And I, so I love that. And what does it mean by the condemnation? Well, that's because when you don't follow your own path, you're literally just damning yourself because the whole point of coming down here is to just find yourself, find out who you really are and live that to its fullest. And when you don't realize that, that still small voice that's speaking to you and, and has ever since you were, you know, you could barely start noticing your thoughts. You're denying that beautiful awareness of the God within 
and where it can take you. And where it can take you is to do amazing things in your life. So follow your path. Okay, so thanks for letting me share that. Now, what are we going to cover in this podcast? What's this podcast all about? I, I, I actually really excited about spiritual things. So this podcast's core topic is going to be spirituality. Um, I'm going to talk about spiritual awakening, which is happening all over the the world right now. A lot of people are actually having a spiritual awakening in the church um, and and also in other places in the world. But my focus is going to be kind of like from a point of the LDS religion, since that's where I came from. And I feel like there's a lot of people trying to find um, a way out of that, but aren't sure how to navigate that pathway. We're going to talk about science and spirituality because they're essentially the same thing, but we're going to see how they connect and we're going to look at it from an evidential standpoint. We're going to talk a lot about consciousness. Consciousness is the key to this whole thing. Our evolution is not, you know, um, it's not in the body, so to speak, but it is about our consciousness, our awareness. And so consciousness is just our ability to be aware of things. And that awareness really is about us. So as we evolve, we are evolving our consciousness to a point that we understand who we are better and better. And we begin to realize that we aren't identified necessarily with just the body. We aren't identified with our thoughts. We actually have a deeper core, a spirit that is eternal, that is already perfect, that is already with God, always with God. And when we realize that that's who we are, then all of a sudden we wake up and we realize, oh my gosh, I'm so much more than I thought I was. Um, We're also going to talk about God and who, what God is. Like I mentioned God several times. Um, Really, that word could be replaced with, you know, any term that is a common term for the universe or your higher self or you know, any, any sort of term that you've probably heard. Life is another term that's used. And we're going to talk about the omniscience and the omnipresence, on omnipotence of God and what those really mean. We're going to talk about duality versus non-dualism. And we're going to talk about what it means to be one with God and, and kind of go down and deep dive into those things using both the scriptures and, and just like recent spiritual kind of leaders and the books that they've written. And speaking of books, we're going to talk a lot about books. Books are um, the, there's so many books out there in the LDS church, you know, it's, it's funny because if you turn to the scriptures, it actually says to study some of the, it, st- it says to study the books of the world in DNC 118. Let's see if I can find it. Just kidding. It's DNC 88 verse 118. And it says, and as all have not faith, seek ye diligently and teach one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out the best books Words of wisdom seek learning even by study and also by faith. So, I mean, it's written in the books, but like it's really frowned upon if you read um, anything outside of sort of the LDS authoring in the church. So, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are LDS that will write books and those are kind of okay to read. Um, and then they, they have like the, the leadership of the church that's that's kind of like the, the, the go-to material. And then there's the scriptures, but there's so much other books out there on spirituality and like spiritually realized masters that are literally teaching people how to be true spiritual leaders for their life. And of course, all that's just overlooked. So we're going to talk about books. We're going to actually share um, 
we're going to have people on to talk about their experiences with different books. I'm going to share with you my experiences with different books, and I'll put that up on my website. You can you can kind of get a list of the books that I'm reading, and feel free to suggest books too. Um, we're going to talk uh, another subject we're going to talk about, and this is really key to the entire podcast is healing. Our minds are sick. We are constantly um, in a state of belief that we are every thought that comes through our head. And this is um, a sickness that everyone has. We're all sick in the mind. And so um, the beautiful thing of this awakening that's sweeping over the planet right now is that there's so much opportunity and modalities for healing the mind. And once you heal the mind, the body is healed because the mind and body are actually one. They're so intimately connected that when your mind is sick, and that when I say mind, it's, it's the energy of your body. It's your energy body. And when that is not vibrating correctly, you manifest that as physical illness. It may also be emotional illness. It may also be mental illness, but it's illness nonetheless. And when you begin to, to go on this path of realization of self and you begin to look inward and you begin to see yourself as connected to source and then you begin to realize how um, out of sync you are with the vibration of source, then you realize that you need to heal. And so we're going to talk about all the modalities of healing and how this can can just bring huge change into your life and huge awareness into your life about who you are and these experiences you've had. Um, we're going to talk about an, uh, a process called IPT or integrative processing technique, which is a form of emotional healing that kind of points you to um, the age of origination of certain behaviors and certain pains or certain voices you have in your head of the way you process the world. We're going to talk about um, sound healing, which is something I'm actually getting into um, and how just pure sounds can actually help change the vibrations of your, of your energy and help heal your body. We're going to talk about other types of energy healing, like body work. Massage therapy is, is kind of like the scratching the surface of the type of energy work that, that can be performed on the body. We're going to talk about plant medicine and how that helps. We're going to talk about meditation, which is, I believe, probably the number one most important thing we can do. We're going to talk about all these modalities of healing. There's, there's so many really to cover. And so that will be a continual theme as well. The key to all this healing, though, there's, there's a key to all of it, and that is this, this concept of forgiveness. And as we forgive ourselves and we forgive other people, we begin to heal rapidly. And you, say, you might say to yourself, well, I've, I forgive. I don't hold grudges. I, I, I don't even, you know, I, don't, I, I haven't hold, held a grudge. I forgive everybody that blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You you may believe that, but there's also there's also so much at the uh, subconscious and unconscious level that you're not aware of that you're still holding on to, and so going inward as you go inward through these modalities of healing and meditation, you'll begin to realize that there's so much that you need to heal, and that's okay. Everybody's got a lot, and there's so many there's so many modalities for this that you can kind of pick and choose what works for you. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk a lot about our energy bodies, which I've already mentioned a little bit, and what, what our energy bodies are composed of. 
And the energy body is simply just the metaphysical body that exists underneath the physical body. And this body is connected intimately with our physical body. It's actually what gives life to our physical body. And when, when we withdraw um, that energy um, and move it around, um, we can become imbalanced. And those that throws our energy body off that misalignment can cause us uh, can cause illness so those the, the energy body is composed of organs just like our physical body and the energy body's organs are called chakras you've probably maybe heard that word it's a common word that's used in in yoga modern like western yoga but it's also i mean the word chakra is an ancient word but these chakras um um essentially are organs within our our physical our metaphysical body and there's seven main chakras in the body. There's actually a lot of chakras that exist even outside of the, the physical body, but the main uh, seven chakras we'll talk a lot about. And, um, and so we'll, we'll compare that and contrast it to met the metaphysical world and the physical world and how those two intertwine and what cause and effect really is. Another thing that we're going to be doing is bringing on a lot of people. Like I want, I want to be able to share these um, these stories of, of people um, moving out of their faith and like how it's changed their life. Because I really want you to see if you're questioning your faith or if you're in a place where you might feel like you aren't totally satisfied with what, you, what you're undergoing in your, your religion um, and what it might look like to leave and you're kind of fearful of that. Because let's be honest, it's a scary thought to do it. Uh, if you've been in something for two or three decades and you don't, you don't know how to move out of it, um, it, it can be very, uh, scary to do. And so to have people on and talk about their, um, their struggles and their, uh, examples of courage, I think this is going to be really good for people to hear. So that, that's going to uh, be a, a big part of my podcast is having people on, but interwoven between all of these different subjects, I'm really going to drop in nuggets of faith transition and kind of bring that in as a main topic of how people can move from their faith and do it and navigate that path with more ease and and just have a little bit more understanding of what that might look like because it is such a difficult thing to do. There's so much tension and, and cognitive dissonance created um, when one leaves their faith that um, I wish I could have had a manual. So why not share about that and hopefully between my experience, my wife's experience, and the experience of these guests that I'm hoping to bring on, it will be something that will make a lot more sense to you as you move into that yourself, if that's something that you're looking to do. I want to share uh, another story with you really briefly about how I was um, given a blog post by my wife, and she didn't even know it at the time, but I, I, she, read, she gave me this link, and I, I read it, and I was like, whoa, this first sentence stuck out to me. And it was like, I think the pod, I think this, this particular um, blog post was like written by somebody in the LGBT community that had left the Mormon church. And they had, um, they had said that, you know, when they, when they left, they, they felt like they were working out their own salvation with fear and trembling before God, which is quoting a scripture from the Book of Mormon. And I was like, when I read that, for some reason it hit me. And I was like, whoa, what does that actually mean? What, what does that scripture mean to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling before God? So that's when you step into the dark. 
and you you take that first step away from what you know away from from what you're comfortable with away from from everything that you've told um to by everybody in your life to stay in and that first step where you like you kind of move into the dark that's working out your own salvation and so we'll talk about that and kind of the pitfalls of moving out of your tradition and like what are some of the traps that you're going to going to encounter initially and we'll also talk a, a lot we'll kind of introduce a lot of new words and vocabulary upgrade if you will so i'm going to i'm going to do this with with a lot of emphasis on using spiritual books and using um, the holy works and a lot of the uh, a lot of books from recent days um, you could say the last 40 or 50 years but really the modern spiritual leaders, because I, I think, you know, the universe is constantly trying to, to get us to go in this direction towards source. And so there's always this constant outpouring of information. And it's really whether or not we're ready and willing to turn our minds to it and accept it as something, or if we're just going to block it out, right? Because when you're in religion, you're like, oh, I've got all the, at least when you're in the Mormon church, you're like, I've got all the truth I need. So don't try and give me more truth. So what we've done, we said, hey, God, I've got enough don't send any more to me. And well, God does everything perfectly for you because you are, um, you're receiving unconditional love. And so if you say to him, this is what I want through your actions, feelings, and thoughts, well, that's what you get. And so ultimately when you close your mind off, you're not going to receive further light and knowledge. But when you open your mind, all of a sudden, wow, it just comes in like a, like a, like a fire hose. And so um, you, you, you'll hear me quoting people like Paramahansa Yogananda, who was a yogi that traveled from the East to America in 1920, set up a school here. It's now been set up for uh, 100 years. And he actually wrote a book called The Autobiography of a Yogi. And this is an amazing book. And it, it, he talks about his whole experience of you know basically growing up and then becoming a yogi and what that was like and all the amazing things that he encountered and then some of the exper- spiritual experiences he had. And we're also going to talk about spiritual, modern spiritual leaders like Joe Dispenza, Deepak Chopra, um, Eckhart Tolle. And I'm probably going to use a lot of Christian standpoints as I do this because that's something that a lot of people listening to this podcast will resonate with. But whatever you hear that doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. I don't care. I'm not going to be offended if you think um, what I say is horseshit. I'm not. I'm, my goal isn't to make you take my word for it. And my goal is to simply just introduce you to something and give you uh, a little bit of you know, so, um, firsthand experience of, of what it's like to do, um, to, to move into this more spiritual mindset in your life and to walk with God in the daily. So with all that said, get ready for episode two. We're going to have a fun trip and there's a lot of cool things, um, that I've got in store to, to share with you. Thanks for listening. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Lucid Spiritual Podcast. I'd love to hear from you and answer any questions you may have, or if you'd like to share your story for others to hear right on my podcast, drop me a line by visiting my website at lucidspiritual.com or email me at love at lucidspiritual.com. Let's wake up the world together. Have a blessed day.